Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. On this episode, I'm joined by my good friend and fellow evolutionary astrologer, Cameron Allen. We recently asked you for some topic ideas or requests, and we got one on protecting the magic from Nicole. In this episode, we discuss what it means to protect the magic, why protect the magic, and we went through the different zodiac signs to explore different types of magic and how we protect it. Protect the magic is a phrase that Cameron came up with. So what is protecting the magic? Well, we're going to get into that in this episode, but as a preface, protecting the magic is acknowledging the magic that exists in the world and other people in yourself. Perhaps you've heard of the fairies in Peter Pan and the ways that it literally endangers the fairies when they are not believed in. Now, we can be critical. We can be critically minded. And I I don't really advocate for blind faith. However, magic has always felt real to me. And when magic is present, it's this very sparkly, ephemeral kind of energy and believing in it, encouraging it, honoring it is a way that you protect its very existence. When you don't, it likes to just kind of flutter away. So for example, if you are someone who has a really strong intuition, but you have learned, you've been conditioned to shut that down and not listen to it, it becomes a little bit harder to access, not impossible, but because of the pattern built up around denying it or not investing in it or not believing it, it it stops pinging you and stops messaging you as much. So if you notice where magic exists in your experience and you interact with it, you engage it, you acknowledge it, you protect it essentially, then you help foster its existence. You help, you help it thrive. So if you identify as a magical person, which I think a lot of you listening to this podcast would, I hope that this episode can be inspiring for you around honoring and protecting the magic that is present in your experience. So let's get into this episode. And before we begin, I have a few offerings to tell you about. In January 2021, I have two courses starting. One is the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive that I've been teaching since 2017. We just finished the sixth run of this course and throughout teaching it, it it really brings together people who are interesting and thoughtful and intelligent and really excited about learning astrology. And these groups have been amazing. The course is now formatted so that there are recorded video modules for you to watch and then we meet as a group. 
So when we meet as a group, it's really about discussing the topics and interacting with each other. And you also have time to self-study and explore the material at your own timing. Though, you know, we do have a schedule in class of like how, how we're moving through the topics. So it is structured, but also has that kind of loose format at the same time. And We cover the foundations of evolutionary astrology. So this is Pluto and lunar node based astrology, where you learn how to read natal charts, um, not just from the perspective of, you know, what is a person like in this lifetime? What is their, you know, maybe some of the major conflicts and gifts that you can see in the chart, but where is this person coming from in the context of prior lives, in the context of a multi-lifetime evolutionary journey? I have been in love with this form of astrology since 2012, and it's really helped me become more skillful in how I participate with this life and has also helped me make connections between, you know, what is deeply familiar or systemic or patterned in my life and where does that come from? And it also becomes a meditation on where you're headed or how to really access the promise of your natal chart. What is your gift? What are you here to learn? So in addition to learning the foundations of how to read charts in this way, um, this course is really about deepening your intimacy with astrology and exploring the wisdom teachings of evolutionary astrology such that astrology becomes a launching pad for spiritual growth and greater connectivity and expansion in consciousness. And then at the end of January, a course, a new course, Meteorite, will be starting. And this is a course, a nine-month container for alumni of the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive. So anyone who's studied with me in the last three years. And this course is a astrological embodiment accelerator, meaning that over this nine months, we are going to explore the cultivation of astrological voice, like how, how do you embody your practice. We'll be exploring some new curriculum like the transits, transit astrology, and the asteroids and Chiron, and how to apply our astrological knowledge in the context of reading transits for ourselves and others, for doing chart readings, and also for just engaging the magic that is astrology. How do you apply these teachings? How do you apply these knowings and these intuitions that you source from the practice in the way that you live your life? So if you are wanting to take your astrology practice deeper, um, develop more skill in community, and cultivate your astrological voice, then this program is for you. And I'm leaving the link to both the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive and Meteorite in the notes. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Cameron Allen. So good to have you back. Yeah, it's always good to be here. I appreciate it. So... I feel like listeners of this podcast know you, but in case they don't, can you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Cameron here. Um, Herbalist, astrologer. Started like deepening in my yoga practice a lot more lately, too, as well. Um, Got two degrees. You've heard me here. You've heard me there. Um, But yeah, just that's it for the most part right now. And inviting everybody to relax and 
sit down and take some deep breaths and just like tune into what we have to say about magic. Yes. So um, there's this concept that I learned from you or like a phrase, protect the magic. Mm -hmm. And I recently posted a picture. It was like a selfie of us and asked people for um, suggestions on what we should podcast about. Mm -hmm. And um, we got one about protect the magic. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I I have a sense of what it means from how I've kind of like internalized and mythologized this phrase, but I'd like to hear from you about like what it means. Yeah, definitely. And I always, yeah, that's beautiful that you took it and made it your own because that's part of protecting the magic because we have to know what magic means and feels like for us and and in our bodies before we can learn how to protect it, you know? But essentially I actually thought about it like, like now that I'm thinking about it a long time ago, protecting the magic was literally just like, attuning to the plants that's where it like actually started now that i'm like sitting here remembering um so just yeah just listening to the plants and allowing them to teach me how to help people and 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 through that they taught me so many things they taught me how to like not like have my thoughts scrambled out out in the middle of nowhere passion flower was one that taught me that it was like helped me with my like looping thoughts because i got gemini moon so yeah and it's just like protect the magic it told me that so I was first initially brought to it from the plants. So I would always just like see plants and start protecting all the plants that I could. Or even like if I saw a plant outside, I would just like go give it Reiki. And I still do that all the time. And like I'll be walking with people and I'll see a plant that doesn't like feel the healthiest. And I'll just like stop and go like give it love and like sniff it and like acknowledge it. So that's where it actually began. But then also like people I know. um, Yeah, just seeing people be so magical and just sometimes in this world it's just not conducive for people who are magical and just like heart open and just like expressive so i like i take a stand on that and all the magic that i see around me i just protect it in that way um and yeah like even thinking of protecting magic and i also feel like protecting innocence you know i always try to protect those things all the time whether it's in me whether it's in somebody else you know i just invite people to see like Whatever is happening in the moment, what magic is around you, that's the thing you protect. So that's the way I look at it. That's really beautiful. Um, Yeah, I think you told me about it because I had had like a somewhat unfortunate encounter um, in a park where I was with a friend and we made a picnic and we were drinking some mead, which is honey wine. And um, this guy approached us and like wanted to sit with us and I'm not even going to get into the whole story of it, but I think I had a moment in my intuition of thinking maybe like for just two minutes, like you have a two minute time, (laughs) but I didn't say that. And, uh, he really ended up overstaying his welcome and we were like inebriated and, um, he showed us these, like we asked him about his day and there was a weird thing that happened where a lot of the things that he was talking about were synchronicities of what Mm -hmm. my friend and I had been talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of like, you know, enchanted by it. Mm -hmm. And he, um, he did some kind of like connection game thing for like either a living or something that he was like trained in. And we were like, what's that? And he's like, well, I can show you. So we ended up playing these kind of like mind games, but we were drunk (laughs) and it's just like, it went on too long. And there was a moment like we were sitting by the lake and 
when the sun was kind of starting to set, the fog was coming up from the lake and like washing over us. And Neptune was literally stationing at that time. And so afterwards, uh, my friend and I were both really upset because we it's like it felt like we had been duped or like something had been pulled over us. Mm -hmm. And um, it was so imperceptible, so sneaky, so Neptunian, the way that it like creeped up on us. And I called you about it the next day and you were telling me about like, well, protect the magic, you know, and the way that I thought about it. And we went through this really cool, like magical energy healing thing to like clear <laughs> that encounter. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. It was so cool. But, um, like literally getting like visions with my eyes closed of just like my whole field being cleared. But I realized from that and from talking to you after that, um, like I'm really into magic. I live magically. My moment to moment reality is like constantly magical. And so it was like a moment of like realizing some naivete and just being like when I'm out in public or if I'm out with a friend and we're drunk, like I need to protect me and protect my friends. Um, and hold that as sacred and not just be so like free and open and available to connect with randos. Yeah. 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 I think that's important. I mean, yeah, just in even feeling into like being like psychically attuned in in the society that we live in and nobody like teaching us how to attune to being psychically attuned. Like that's something that a lot of us just haven't been taught. So yeah, learning how to tune into that when you're out in public, like just I, I've given people make many practices. I'll say like when you get in your car, just take a deep breath and scan your feet all the way up to your head and then back down. Do that a few times. Get you like a baseline, you know. Find your center for a second, because if you know when you go out, a lot of stuff happens, you want to protect the magic and you want to just like be mindful of what's happening with the abilities and gifts that we have. Or even if, you know, because some people get it just like when they get anxious, they get scattered out energetically. Right. And that like disperses and diffuses the magic that, you know, oftentimes needs to be more centered. So I don't even know where that rant came from, but like, I get it. Yeah. It's kind of, it's interesting thinking about like when you are really tapped into magic and then you just have to go out in the world. Like I was getting a meditation or like some visions a few weeks ago where it was showing me cancer Capricorn energy and just like how sweet and sensitive and soft. And like, you know, it's like who you are, like in your home with your like close intimates, the Cancerian side. And that when you have to go out into the world, there's like a toughening that can happen where you you can't necessarily be sensitive to everything in the world the same way that you're sensitive at home with like your close people Um, or it's completely like frying and overwhelming. Right. And so just seeing how sometimes like we have to have certain levels of armor in the world just to kind of like function and get from A to B in a most efficient way without being sidetracked by like, you know, just dissolving into everything. How do you, also stay in touch with your magic all the time and know how to like cloak yourself at will to go out into the world and then uncloak when you come home. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that imagery and I love, I can feel it. Like I can feel it in my body. So the way that I feel it and perceive it is cancer and Capricorn, they belong together for a reason, right? It's like 
the, and, and sometimes when I think of armor, like oftentimes people think armor is like hard and it's like steel and it's like, I'm going to block this thing. But really for me, it's just like a boundary or a structure that and it doesn't matter how you create it. It just has to be in relation to the water or to the nurturing of the self or whatever it is that you're protecting and at cancer. It has to be that like the flow. So so the outside is the armor and, and that's Saturn and then in Capricorn and then cancer would just be like the flow. So it's like, how do you move with that? How do you move with your boundaries? It's like, can you be elusive about it? Because sometimes, honestly, when people just try to build up boundaries, they're like they think of it as like a big wall and it's like really sturdy. And it's like, no, make it like fluid based off of how your emotions are and allowing those to be protected in every single moment. But yeah, even just kind of, I don't know, I always think of like, I guess I think of like Mars Exalted and Capricorn there when it comes to like martial artists in that way. But it's just like being able to flow and protect yourself. So it's like, oh, this this energy is moving over here. How do I like move my energy up or down? Whether that's literally doing tapping or whether that's like grounding into your feet. Um yeah, that didn't really come out as clear as I thought it would. <laughs> I felt it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. It also kind of made me think like I just started to get insecure, which is this like cancer thing, because I was thinking about my story that I told about what mm-hmm. happened at the park. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to clarify when I was like, he overstayed his welcome. Like if I had known that consciously, I would have said something. It was yeah. like this weird, like the mind games that he was teaching us from mm-hmm. his training, like are actually so psychologically opening that like you have to give people informed consent to do these things. Like if it was a workshop, you would have been informed. So it was almost like meeting someone with like these weird kind of games and just having been in an open inebriated state of mind, feeling the synchronicities abounding and just kind of finding the situation get kind of weird in a way that I didn't even see coming. So it was like a wake up call of like, I did have the intuitive hit before it happened. Right, right. Yeah. And that's something really important uh, because, you know, a lot of times I feel like the intuition that is like the like Pisces energy, it like can feel all, all the things. But then on the other side of Virgo and with the Virgo energy, sometimes it like doubts it, you know, so just like people being able to cultivate that gift of like. Like, actually, I did know that. Right. Because sometimes people will make choices and they'll be like, I didn't like those results. I made the wrong decision. Like and then they equate that to I can't trust myself. Right. But really, at the end of the day, most times in my experience, when I talk to people, I'm like, but did you kind of know what was happening? And they're and they usually, you know, they're like, yeah, I did. Actually, I'm like, oh, so you do know. Right. And it's, right. So it's like, I'm like, oh, you do know. So it's like, OK, know that, you know, and try to move forward with more discernment and just like not doubting it when you know it. Yeah, and not also doubting just, it, not needing to see, like not needing to be proven in mm, some sense, like mm-hmm. being able to say goodbye or shut the door on like what seems like, oh, maybe this guy could be nice. Yeah. Like, actually, I don't need to find out. Like, yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> not in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's part of the like. And this was interesting, too, because I feel like it closed a certain chapter where like when I was um like 19 through my early 20s, I would really like to 
smoke like a little bit of weed, just like even like one like hit or something and then go out on a walk. And I would like make friends with strangers. And I did that all the time. And I think I was having like a Uranus transit to my Mercury Venus conjunction. Mm. And I had the most enchanting encounters with strangers. And it was um, it was a cool time in my life. But that particular way of meeting people, I just feel like doesn't have that same glitter or that same glow anymore. And I actually like really prefer to see people over time. Like I like to see how people are integrated with their community and like how, like how they act over time before just kind of like entering this Venusian glittery cause I'm Venus and Pisces. And just like, if I feel a soul connection with someone, it's just like so instant and so big. Um, And I just am noticing that like, that kind of it's like a childlike version of me that could just like frolic in the world and have that experience. And I think that now I, I just need more of a container or more time or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel that. Yeah. More a container. That's, and that's always what it is when it comes to like, when I, when I think about, you know, the Pisces energy, it's like, it just needs a container. So we wanted to go through the zodiac signs and talk about the kinds of magic that we find in each of those signs and ways that we protect it. And this is interesting, like protection. Like I just am like feeling philosophical about that for a moment of like thinking about magic as something precious and when something is precious, you protect it. And so, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. So yeah protecting the magic um yeah that's something i think about um so there's like a distinction that i like make in my head when i'm like in this topic specifically because it's like there's a difference between like astrological magic that's just like supposedly astrological and like more i guess you could say it's not necessarily boxed in but there's more of like a way or a code of like doing astrological magic there's like a difference between that and understanding the magic that it is the energetic forces is what I like to call them or the zodiac signs. So just something simple like Aries, like, do you know how to wield the energetic force of Aries? Are you taking Aries energy and using it as if it's super sustainable and you can do it every day? Because if you are, then maybe you're not protecting the magic that is Aries because sometimes in a lot, like a lot of times the way I look at Aries energy is like birthing something from nothing. And when you can do that, you can have spurts, and you can have like blasts of energy. But when you try to take that Aries energy and make it something that you're just like doing every day, all day, it's just like, mm, are you really protecting that magic? Right. Trying to like mechanize it and just like have it yeah, yeah be constant. Um, so with Aries, I was thinking of like protecting the sprout and that experience where when you have a new idea emerging in you, like understanding how receptive your environment is for planting that seed basically. Mm -hmm. So like if you're really excited about something and you're going to announce it, but the people in your life are going to immediately shut it down or tell you that it's not realistic or that you can't do it, then you don't have to say it. Like you can hold it within until it feels like the right moment. And alternately, I think there is a magic to making announcements and saying, like proclaiming, I'm going to do this thing. And like as an Aries son, I have had so many times 
especially a certain era of my life where I posted a lot more personal stuff on Facebook, where I would just announce everything that I was doing and have people like applaud or just be like, yeah, you can do it. And then I would do it and follow through. And it built this kind of magical cycle. Um, But definitely like before then, there were many times where I said things too soon and felt too vulnerable and felt like my sprout that was trying to emerge from the ground just got immediately stepped on. So I think being like aware of the vulnerability of newness and like what environments are receptive to it. Yeah, that's a beautiful reflection. I've never seen it that way, but I can feel it like immediately. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then it makes me think about Taurus and like if the sprout is um, Aries, then like rooting down would be Taurus. And sometimes the way I feel about Taurus, like the magic of that is like literally like manifesting things through like just literally how you feel in your body, like how you feel in your body. And that just being like pure, like magical. Um, even just like Venus is about like feeling right. And then the earth and then a fixed fixity, right. It's just like pulling it down, like all those energetics down and into the earth based off what you feel. Right. It's like that energy is just like so, so potent. And when it comes to like what most people are just calling manifestation, but when I say like manifestation here, it's just like the crystallization of manifestation that came from somewhere else on some level. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, bringing it to the earth element. Mm-hmm. I feel like with with Taurus, um, thinking about like our relationship with pleasure and like having a a commitment, a devotion of some kind, a practice where you allow yourself to feel good. And I think mm-hmm. like recognizing if you have thought patterns or um, even like a trauma response, I think it can be where as soon as you're feeling good, you're like diverting your attention onto something that's not good or you're afraid you're going to lose it or that the other shoe is going to drop like actually just being present with sensations and savoring them and building like neural pathways and like i think of taurus as like grooves in the soil Mm -hmm. and so you're just gonna go where those grooves already are and so like Mm -hmm. building grooves that you want to be in noticing when you've gotten stuck in a rut and like building yourself a ladder into another like frame of mind conscientiously slowly steadily right right nice i love that i'm gonna digest that give me a second (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love that yeah and then um taking a step over into gemini uh thinking about gemini and how a lot of times that energy especially with the digital age that we're in, like that energy can seemingly get scattered. And I say seemingly because, yeah, I guess just even in my own experience of talking to people, sometimes I've talked about this over here, then that over there. And, then really, and like, I just do that really fast. And other people are like, wow, like that's scattery. And I'm like, actually, I've already made these connections. So it's not actually even scattered. It's just not one, two, three in a line that's like seemingly succinct. But being able to tap into like what is connectivity and like how much variety can you actually handle and like knowing if knowing how much variety you can handle, you can protect the magic that is the Gemini energy because you can take a step back and do less and just make the connections before you move forward. And also, if you have a lot of Gemini placements, just know that it might seem like you're gathering a bunch of knowledge that doesn't matter, quote unquote. I've heard that kind of be like a thing about Gemini but you're making connections. It doesn't have to be very linear. It doesn't have to be. 
So just knowing that what is or what they think is scattered, it can be connectivity if you like tune into that. And there's a lot of ways to do it. I'm not going to talk about it now, but there's a lot of ways. Um, Alternate nostril breathing is the first one I think of. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, how come? Alternate nostril breathing is because it's connecting the, the hemispheres of the brain, they say. Right. Well, some and then some people now are saying there's not really hemispheres of the brain. There's one brain. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, when I do it, I feel like I can make connections easier. And I feel like the twins are are in harmony, right? They're like, I create a balance between those two breaths of so the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system by doing the alternate nostril breathing. So the twins are good. And then when the twins are good, everything can connect and my mind can function in a certain type of way that seems to be yeah, way better than it used to be. <laughs> Just like way better than like sometimes the Gemini energy expresses itself. So yeah, that's my rant on that. <laughs> Protect that magic. Yeah. I think even like having the capacity to just not be bored. Like, and I think, um, I think a lot about what Jason Hawley said in a Gemini talk at Norwalk some time ago about how Geminis like to be twinned. So Gemini's, <laughs> can go anywhere with their minds, it seems. And a lot of my like uh, Gemini or Geminian friends, you included for the Gemini moon, like I can say anything and my Gemini friends will pick it up. They'll yes and it like in comedy improv, (laughs) that theme where it's like you take the other actor's suggestion of what happens next in the scene. You say yes to it and you add something onto it Mm. so that the story keeps moving, which is also a Jason Holly thing of Mercury wants the story to keep going. And so I think like, you know, you can do that for yourself at some level of like, yes, anding yourself and knowing how to rest too, because it could be like a nonstop thing, but also like tuning into who are your, your close people in your life that you can just like talk to about anything and they can like throw the ball back and like yeah. have a real conversation with you. Yeah. That's so needed. That just made me feel nourished even just hearing <laughs> <laughs> and being here with you in that way. Um, yeah. And I also even think of, and this is like a more, I guess, spiritually inclined thing, but it's like when people think of the twins, it's like, well, what kind of twins are we talking about? Are you talking about like twins that are like on your shoulders? Like is a devil and an angel? Because sometimes there could be a twin, like I'm going to say, I dare say twin souls, but it's literally like, it's your soul in another place, right? It's like, or some people would call it the higher self. And honestly, you can call it whatever you want. But like, are you in touch with that twin? That's the question, right? And if you're not, then it's like, do you know that Gemini magic can be like that? Because Mercury can go anywhere above and below. So just being mindful that the quote unquote higher self or whatever you want to call it, do you have a connection with it that like literally goes through your nervous system that you can feel the data and information and the connection to something that is bigger than you? So, yeah, Ah, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That was a revelation. (laughs) So cancer, Um, I had some thoughts on that one of like, um, so a little bit of discernment with this one, too, because um, cancer, I think there's a really deep innocence to this sign um, in a lot of ways and big like baby energy for <laughs> sure with this one. And so a sense of like, you know, being in this kind of womb space, being in a cozy home, just kind of like sometimes it relates to being sheltered or just like having, you know, being cozy, being able to 
you know, and not all like people have this experience with cancer. Like it's, it's our early life conditioning, whatever that is. But, um, when I was younger, um, so like in, I guess like, you know, through public schooling and maybe like early until I kind of, you know, early adulthood until I learned how to define myself more and how to be more honest. Um, I would have the experience of being, you know, I identify as a writer. So I would just kind of enter situations open, see people as characters, want to like connect. And I think, um, I, I can have that like slippery quality and I've gotten better, but what I'm about to say, I was like, I would maybe be in interacting with someone who I had no intention of being friends with. Like I was just having a conversation, but they would be like, come over, like come into my world. And they would like treat me like I was already special or be like, um, you know, you're part of like the family now, like, Mm -hmm. and just to feel inwardly though, of like, I haven't earned that. Like, you don't even know me. How do you trust me like that? And I feel like it's such a cancerian thing to just be like, you know, come in where it's warm, like join me here. And just to actually be really mindful of who you invite into your intimate life. Like I'm not saying be crusty and like (laughs) (laughs) have a closed heart, but just like, yeah, from being on the end of just kind of being neutral and kind of like floating through a situation and feel someone want to give me that privilege in their life was like, this doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And likewise, I've also been on the other end of that, of meeting someone that I have a fantasy projection toward. And I'm like, enter my life. Like I'll cook you food, Mm -hmm. you know, like that (laughs) sense of like, let me take care of you. And I just think that whenever it's also been, you know, mutual and I have cancers or cancerian kinds of people in my life and I am benefiting from the care that they give me. It's so special. It's like, I can see why you don't just rampantly give it to everyone. Yeah. It's like your intimates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that brings up an idea that I have about, yeah, it's like if you're really nurturing, like wherever cancer is at in your chart, you know, Like, do you nurture and nourish that thing? And, you know, so protecting the magic in this case would be like be mind being mindful of when you're trying to nurture and nourish something that, yeah, it's just like that's not your thing to nurture and nourish. And actually, by trying to nurture and nourish that thing, you're not nurturing and nourishing what it is that you really need to be nurturing and nourishing Mm. and like open invitation for people to find that in their chart. Like, where is that at? Like, and how does that feel? Like, where is cancer at in your chart? And do you nourish or nurture that thing? And where else in your chart are you nourishing and nurturing? Where nourishing nourishing and nurturing don't actually belong and they actually belong more where cancer's at. Whether that's from a psychological perspective or a whole sign perspective or a whatever perspective, even though it's not even a dichotomy, but it's just like whatever perspective you have, take that idea and just attune to it, you know? Yeah. And that's a way to protect the magic. And another thing with cancer, it just reminds me of this meditation that I used to do back in college where I would sit down because I was like going, trying to go back in my mind to like my deepest ancestry that I could find and just feeling into it. And I would end up at this place. There was like this river and I was in Africa for sure. Um, or so I thought I was right. Um, but like it was it was this river and it just like was pure and it was just flowing. It was just 
it was just pure nourishment. Like that's where you go to get nourished, like to the river. Cause all the plants were there and like the, the gatherings of the people were there. Like the togetherness was there. And it was just like, Oh, like if we can like get back to protecting magic in that way, it would just be oh, so much more beautiful and, and everything would be more nourished and everything would feel more nurtured in that way. So protecting that magic or actually identifying where that magic should be, can be, in your life and then like cultivating that Mm. you know yeah that's gorgeous Mm. that that really kind of has me feeling with the cancer archetype of like everyone needs like basic nurture and basic Mm. care and um I think that there it's so there's like a special magical glow around that experience and if it is lacking for whatever reason, I think there is like this kind of pilgrimage experience of like finding home, you know, Mm -hmm. and like really discovering like what is the deepest level of home or like, Mm -hmm. how do you connect with that energy? (laughs) It reminds me when I was a kid, whenever I would write home, I would like put capital M E. (laughs) Cause I'll be like everywhere I roam is home. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you would write that on papers or something? Yeah, like H O M E, capital letters, M E, because oh. <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> so funny. Um, now I'm insecure. I sounded like a bad person earlier. <laughs> in what way? What do you mean? I was like, people trusted me when they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but th- I mean, that could be your discernment of like, why like why are they doing this you know or it could just be like a reflection it's like well i wouldn't do that right so that's that's a good thing to know something about me like i just was always kind of wandering looking for you know ways to be entertained or Mm. ways to feel inspired about my writing and so when i talk to people i would just have this open neptunian kind of energy and it just always got misread yeah and it's taken me time to like define myself more so that i can be clearer but yeah yeah, it's happening for sure. Um, Leo, speaking of defining oneself. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel for Leo? So I'm excited about this one because I feel like this is like high magic. Um, so Leo, I feel like is the inner child, among other things. And I've heard a few people, Shaman Durek included, say that the inner child is God. So all the things that your inner child wanted, like there is some godlike energy in that. Mm. And so as an adult, um, and Shaman Dirk talks about this with like having sticker books and like just doing like he like has toys and he like plays with them because his inner child wants to do that. Yeah. And I think that um having a connection to the inner child, it's a very like it's sacred and sometimes we're shut off from that or there's trauma. So it's like, it's a, it's a journey to have a deep connection to the inner child if that's been severed, but then performing things like performing is such a Leo word, but doing the things that your inner child wants now in this time, even if you're an adult, you know, and doing that in a way that's like, obviously like appropriate or safe or whatever. But like, I've just noticed that when I, do that and I act on those impulses from my inner child that um I get into these like revelatory kind of trance experiences after where I feel this like energy washing over me of like Mm -hmm. literally the unfulfilled wish of my inner child 
coming true through my form now and like mm. everything along that timeline flowing smoother and things oh. in my life getting easier and more graceful and more beautiful because I honored my inner child. Yes. It's <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. I've had similar experiences. That's beautiful. I love that so much. Yeah. Wow. I love that. So Leo, what am I feeling off of Leo today? <laughs> I've felt so many different things off Leo when I think of like the magic of Leo. Um, but one thing I like to, I just like to go back to the sun. Uh, so yeah, I would think about the sun and how like what the inner child wants. And specifically here, I guess I make a difference between like the lunar inner child being the moon and then the solar inner child being the sun and both of them being the luminaries being the inner child or and there's other words for it, but yeah, I'll leave it at that. But the sun just being like, what's in my heart for me to create and knowing that what's in my heart. Um, yeah. Just thinking of the heart as the strongest electromagnetic field in the body. I'm sure people have heard me talk about that before. It's just like what inside of me wants to be radiated out and just like becoming full of that. Right. So it's like even somebody being like full of oneself, it's like, well, is that self part of, what the solar inner child wants, the creativity that you have that is like inherent in you that is here to help out in the world through your creativity, through your radiance, through your brilliance, because you have it, right? And becoming full of that, right? Instead of like full of other stuff that could be more Leo in different ways and take that and run with it in whatever direction you take it. But knowing that, yeah, being full of oneself in the way that the radiance of the heart and what the solar inner child wants to do is just play and create and, and be joyful, you know, in that way. So yeah, that's my reflection protecting that magic. Yeah. Wow. That was also revelatory. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. That gave me like a lot of flashbacks of times of just like feeling connected to my heart really potently in specific moments and just like radiating that and Mm -hmm. just feeling like this beautiful, like protective, magical, blessed, like Mm. energy field opening up and just like magical things happening magnetically. Uh, Yeah. Love that. So Virgo. Virgo. (laughs) The way I look at Virgo for me, um, it's about like that has like maybe that's the biggest thing of protecting the magic, like discernment and like, yeah, analysis is just good here. Like analysis of what plants are good plants and healthy and what plants aren't good plants and what aren't healthy and and which ones need to go into the barrel to feed the people and which ones don't. And like knowing in every circumstance that is life. Like, what are you harvesting? Like, are you paying attention to the leaves or if there's pests on this plant over here or, you know, whatever, however that looks in your reality, like having discernment to, yeah, purify, to cut off. um, Yeah. Whatever needs to be cut off. I think of Virgo in that way a lot. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking about like digestion and uh, synchronicity and get someone getting signs or getting like messages from divination. And I think there's like a practice along that path of learning how to apply the knowledge that you gain from your trances, your visions, your Mm -hmm. divinations um, that are kind of like digested versions. Like it's not necessarily the thing at face value. Um, Like, I've had plenty of synchronicities that could have meant go to this place now or 
like have a baby with this person right now. But like <laughs> maybe, you know, thinking in discernment, like uh, that's not what I want to do right now or like what else could this message mean? And not just doubting something either, but really like um, knowing if something digests well. And I think yeah. even like, yeah, like getting to know like a particular pattern or something and feeling like, okay, it feels like this at first, it tastes like this, but when I digest it, it either is really smooth or I have trouble with it. Mm. And just like knowing that as mm. information moving forward. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Literally in your body too, for sure. Like, yeah. And I also think of techniques. I think of techniques too. When I think of Virgos, like what techniques do you use in your magic? Like, and I, and I go to like uh, my yoga practice often when it comes to um, Virgo and techniques, because, yeah, it's a spiritual science in some way. Uh, uh, yoga for me. Uh, so it's just like learning different techniques to be able to harness the magic. If you, like if I do feel like too much Piscean, Neptunian types of energies, it's like, well, what what like have I analyzed my reality enough to have discernment to go find a practice that actually just helps with that, you know, or to find the plant person or to get the medication that I need. Like, yeah, just like having a technique because all those things are techniques. Right. Which I mean, I've talked to people about this in like one on one sessions, like the technique of using like Western medicine and using plants and using exercise. Like what is your technique? Think of it as your technique and using discernment in that way to protect whatever is the magic that you have. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I think too, something around like non-perfectionism, like I think Virgo is like, you know, the craft wants to be perfect sometimes in some iterations of this archetype. Um, but that can even keep people from trying in the first place. I know, like, I feel pretty good with my like visual magic, like my visions and, uh, visualization stuff. But when it comes to like creating an altar or like doing things on the physical plane that are magical, like, um, it's a little bit more awkward for me. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that like, if I'm going to do a physical ritual and like create a ritual space, it may not be as good in my eyes of other people that I see create altars, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. Like, and so sometimes when I see myself like playing in those things where it's like, not necessarily my forte, but I feel intuitively drawn to like do this ritual right now and just like let it be like not need it to be a certain perfect standard. And I feel that even with like the forecasts and um, the things that I publish and like put out, it's like you just show up and like you keep getting better. Like all the people like that I know on YouTube who have like these really high quality video editing kind of stuff. When I look at their oldest videos, it's like just them and a webcam or whatever. So like, yeah, Mm -hmm. just being, being humble. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think of it as like, it's not about perfection. It's about perfecting and knowing like where that's at and where you're at with it, you know, cause yeah, I always think about essential oils, like the distillation process between it's like, it takes all this plant matter to make these just like this little bottle of essential oil. And it's like, you took all this plant material, you took all that time to do all this stuff. And what were you doing the whole time? Perfecting it. And the plant was perfect when you got it. I know I say that all the time. I'm always going to say it for energy. <laughs> you're perfect and you're perfecting. You know, always remember that. Oh, I love that image. Yeah. 
Um, Libra. Libra. Oh, yeah. I thought of the thing earlier. Um, I knew you'd remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I think of Libra, and like earlier we were talking before we started and uh, Saturn, the exaltation of Saturn came up because there is a structure in some way to this reality. And that structure is harmonious and being attuned to that and having boundaries around that being having boundaries around the magic of the harmony of this reality, whether that's taking the time to study a plant and its geometry or learning numbers, right? There is a structure to the harmony of the reality. Um, and yeah, I just can't say enough about that because if you don't know that, then you might get thrown to and fro to the extremes because of a seemingly like lack of understanding of how things are structured or, or what makes things composed and stable in the reality or in any topic, right? It doesn't have to be like the whole reality. Sometimes I'm just dramatic like that. It could be any topic, right? Like, um, yeah, just being mindful of that. It's super important. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. And how about like how everything in this reality is like relationship? Like mm -hmm. that's like a, think like a high spiritual concept mm -hmm. and, you know, everything, even like non-human or inanimate, what's our relationship to that. And, you know, not to get intensely over analytical about it, but like reverent, like having reverence as you move through reality, that everything you are in relationship with, like you're in relationship with. So what's mm -hmm. the nature of that and how do you honor that? And by honoring these relationships, how does that honor yourself? And I think, too, with Libra, it is that balance between self and other. And so I think Libra can get tripped up of really kind of like uh, not engaging their own self-concept super intensely as they kind of step outside of themselves and get really they just like making music with the world around them and mm -hmm. with people and like they can harmonize like without checking in with themselves mm. and then later on realize like wait i just got swept away mm -hmm. <laughs> like this was fun or this was like a romantic weekend but wait a minute what about my needs mm -hmm. and so that <laughs> sense of like protecting your like your harmony within the greater song that you're part of and not forgetting mm. that and so harmonizing with others mm. as you also harmonize with yourself yeah beautiful and that brings up saturn's exaltation again for me because boundaries define and are what actually create connections right like we wouldn't know we were connected if we were just like merged together always anyway right like the exaltation of saturn there with libra yeah it's just it's really important to remember that boundaries create connections and when we can stay attuned to that then we can find what is harmonious for us because we know what boundaries to create to keep connections and to be in connection in certain types of ways and yeah, and that can be nuanced. So just an open invitation to tune into that. Hmm. So Scorpio, I think this one's going to be spicy. <laughs> yeah, you want to go first. Okay, so I mean, sex magic is what comes to mind. And yeah, one of the thoughts that I've been kind of simmering with for some time and haven't really expressed is the like every now and then I'll see kind of like a, some kind of meme infographic go around where it's warning people to be careful about who they have sex with because you're going to be picking up the other person and it's like it feels kind of puritanical in a sense like it's you know and on the one hand 
I do think it's true that we exchange with people when we have like a sexual exchange with them. Like there's some kind of deeper exchange in that than just having a conversation. Sometimes a conversation can feel as deep as sex. Mm -hmm. Like, um, but like, I find the idea that in a sexual exchange, you will just passively be exchanging and picking up on the frequency of other person of the other person without any kind of like intention. I think that you could actually perhaps like enter a um, sexual encounter with a intention, a prayer to yourself, like what you what you want to create out of like the sexual energy, which is so mm-hmm. full of creation energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that maybe being, you know, protecting the magic through Scorpio is um, on the one hand also, like, I think if one is unconscious about that creativity, then it's like, you can unintentionally be creating, you know, these really um, maybe you actually posted one of these <laughs> memes one time that I just thought was funny. Cause it was talking about how um, people kind of throwing their like, like low self-worth and feelings of inadequacy, like both together, like in a sexual exchange is just mm-hmm. like creating this like toxic energy in the connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so being aware that you're exchanging energy sexually, but not being puritanical about it. And so knowing that you can have an intention, set a prayer before a sexual exchange. Um, ideally, I mean, it'd be cool if it was shared, you know, but I think there's also, um, yeah, people have different opinions on like, if you practice sex, sex magic and you have your own intention and you don't tell the other person about it, um, like the dynamics of that, right. I think it's not even necessarily manifesting something for them or anything like that, but just like you are experiencing something through this encounter and you're allowing that to move you in a certain way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I always think of it as like two things joining forces to like um, attune to and like attain like a larger power than just the one thing. Um, So, yeah, that's the way that I look at the Scorpio energy and protecting that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's super, super, super important because when I think of Scorpio energy, I do think of like things that are like deeply, deeply penetrating. Right. And even thinking of like fixed water and like how it's just like the deepest emotion and like being able to like go and access the depth of emotion with another person or another. It could be a teaching. It could be, you know, it could be so many different things. You access like a larger power than yourself through like the deep emotions that you're like going forth with and just trying to like, yeah, it's like what it depends on what you're trying to penetrate and what you're trying to access. But whatever it is that you're, you're you are penetrating and accessing, there's there's just something larger than just oneself. And that's why I think sometimes people are like, that's why, you know, to like, quote unquote, be careful with it. But I think that gets polarized, too. You know, that does get like polarized. It's like, oh, be careful. Like you and then it turns things taboo all over again. And then it makes people want to reflex it's the, kind of like the attraction repulsion thing I mean, kind of yeah like, inherent to the archetype and then inherent to how the archetype expresses socially mm-hmm. yeah and i also just think of you know in evolutionary astrology they say uh scorpio corresponds directly to the kundalini energy which is yeah a lot of times i just think of it as the the main life force that is like flowing through us you know 
I think of it as like the thing that goes down to our DNA too. And yeah, when you're intimate with another person, you're merging with them because you're swapping DNA, <laughs> like literally. So <laughs> that's something to protect, you know, like what is in me, what is deep in me and like, how am I sharing that with another person based off of what's deep in them? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's something to protect for sure. Yeah. I think it's like, um, I did a podcast, a solo podcast about casual sex, mm-hmm. like, uh, some months ago and just like my, basically desire to like not have that anymore. Um, but I think it's interesting, like even just that concept, like I have been like philosophizing about since because I think that maybe in some cultural context, we think of certain things as casual, but at the scorpionic level, nothing is casual. Yeah. It's just not. <laughs> and yeah. so really thinking about like, you know, maybe something will be transient. Maybe it will be, um, a fleeting experience, but what is the intention? Like what's Mm. the magic that's going Mm. into it? And so I think just allowing life to be as intense and complicated as it is, but then being mindful of how we, our relationship with that intensity and what we are projecting or what we are, Mm. um, you know, even like this feels scorpionic and at a very kind of like simple level, but I was reading this, um, business book. And this, the author was talking about getting clear about what kind of energy you want to bring to a conversation before a meeting and like Mm -hmm. infusing the meeting with that energy. So it's like penetrating with your energy. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to, yeah, one, just be aware of what your energy is and its impact and then, you know, act from that place of deep intentionality. Yeah. Yeah. And I even, it makes me think of, um, the co-rulership that I use of Mars and Pluto. Cause it's like so a lot of people like set an intention and they, they act it out. Right. It's like, that's to me, that's a very like Martian flavor of it. Like, Oh, I kind of feel this emotion and they don't like really get all the way down in there into the depths of it. So they just feel into it and then they just do it. Whereas like with the like Pluto Scorpio intention, it's like so deep inside of oneself. And it's like, yeah, it's just so deep that's like, I don't even actually have to set this intention. I'm like embodying it. And I like yeah. have this like deep <laughs> nuclear force inside me. And it's like, you know what I intend because you feel it. <laughs> 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 yeah, so <laughs> go rule shit. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Um, Sagittarius. Um, <laughs> Sag. Um, yeah, I was thinking about it earlier in that in, you know, I don't really think much about Sag and magic besides the fact that it is like a sage to me, you know, like protecting the, the wise person inside of yourself. I mean, people call it, um, well, they call Jupiter the guru or whatever. And, and, and that goes with Sagittarius in, in my, in my mind. But I also think of Sagittarius as natural law. So protecting, yeah, protecting nature and just staying in accordance with being part animal and being part human because that's what we are. We are human, and but we're still animals. So just like staying attuned to the natural rhythms and the cycles and also side rant. Um, people say that like, I mean, so Sagittarius, if you do the thing with Sagittarius in the ninth house and such, like the beliefs that people have natural law exists there right so it's like there's natural way there's a natural order to life 
in nature and in place of that, we have put our own beliefs. So wherever we're at, a lot of times the magic of Sagittarius is getting away from where we're at in the local area so that it can go understand natural law and it can get all these ideas from expansive places or places that expand them so that they can attune to the whole thing in like a, in a way that is cohesive, which natural law from my understanding and my lens is super cohesive. And sometimes belief systems are too, but it's different because natural law doesn't need belief from my lens. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I think with Sagittarius, um, there's something about being mindful of what like what you take for granted or where you like overcompensate. Mm. So taking for granted, like being like, I already know. And so not being <laughs> open or curious. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes that can be. Like that could be a, a really important defense. Like if you're in a situation that's very compromising um, or other people don't see you with the same regard that you see yourself, you can be like, I know my worth mm -hmm. and like have that be a buffer that helps you not take in something that would bring you down or something. However, having that energy of like, oh, I already know or I'm better than when there are things to be learned or like when it perhaps like you, you do have the bandwidth to take in more from the, um, more information. It can be isolating unnecessarily. Um, and then I think, you know, I'm actually really, uh, in terms of protecting the magic here is a place I get protective. So, uh, I love like positivity and like the whole, like, mm -hmm. you know, I do like practice, some things I've learned from manifestation teachings mm -hmm. and I have a wide range of emotions. So it's not like I only just am happy all the time. However, for a time in my development, it was really important to uh, do what some people would think was spiritual bypassing. I had to go back and unpack stuff when I had more strength, but like to get into a place where you are comfortable being in joyful states most of the time and you've trained your brain and your mind and your heart to go there, you gain access to certain realms of yourself and like your higher self mm -hmm. and the cosmos. And I think that people harsh on that before they've even given it a chance or they harsh on other people. Um, and it's not like it can be kind of, you can tell when someone's like just kind of projecting this like happy energy, but they've got some stuff they haven't really worked on. Mm -hmm. And I think that people are just really vicious towards that character. Like they just like they go after it and yeah. it's weird. It's I it confuses me to some extent. And I was just kind of getting a download about it of even like if it's unintegrated within the person and their environment as being like, no, you need to be more negative. You yeah. know? I don't know. <laughs> but I just think that like, Sometimes people's capacity to be extraordinarily positive and optimistic is hard won in a sense. And I think that it's a character trait that people are aggressively like against. Yeah, definitely. And I guess I look at that, too, as like because um, a lot of people, I feel like they see people who are like, just be positive. You know, like they think of it as like kind of like proselytizing, you know, like people are like going around and telling about the good news. You can just be positive, you know, like <laughs> and people are digesting it in that way. And 
And some people overcompensate and try to act like everything's happy-go-lucky, and it's not. And when it gets too expanded far out, they'll have to come back in and contract anyway because Capricorn's next, like, energetically. You know, like, the expansion and the contraction have to coexist at all times. And, yeah, I mean, people do want to, like, poo-poo on that and try to act like there's not some validity to it. And there is. And people need to figure that out. And understand that is a spectrum and there's a way to go about it. However, yeah, the truth is the truth. And I also have been in a place lately where, yeah, it's like you don't even have to believe it. Just check it out at least. Right. Like how expansive can you be and that be real? Like how much how far can you go with? Yeah. Even acting happy. I mean, even in like Taoist tradition, they do like they smile into their organs, right? It's like you're just literally being jovial with your body. And that is creating a sense of like expanded, expanded uh, levity in your life. And I think, yeah, that's protecting the magic of Sag a lot, too. Mm, I love yeah. that. Um, Capricorn. Capricorn. You have like the Ph.D., yeah, I mean, the, the, the magic of Capricorn is mastery to me. Um, and yeah, allowing allowing time to do what it does and patience, you know. But mastery is, is the magic, you know, giving yourself the time to be great at a thing, no matter what, and not judging yourself, not judging the magic, not poo-pooing on the magic, allowing space for the magic. Um, yeah, I think that is what Capricorn can be best at. And I even like, that's the way I like to look at it. I'm like, well, I have six planets in Capricorn. So I am here to put boundaries around the magic where it needs boundaries to be put, whether that's me, whether that's a plant, whether that's a person around me, like protecting the magic go. Yeah. It goes deeply into to Capricorn. I know I said that with Virgo, I'm pretty sure too, but it's like that with Capricorn is just that rings true again, for sure. Just protecting it. And mastering it. Like, how do you wield it on a day-to-day basis? Um, Yeah, and letting yourself understand over time, being patient, what is magic? Because if you don't know what it is, then how can you master it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so actually, like, creating some space around, like, cultivating some skill that you have to work for, in a sense, instead of just being, like... Oh, I'm going to chase this instant gratification now. Mm-hmm. You have to like actually put in the time. And so when I um, had my whole like spiritual awakening thing in 2012 and uh, had like psychiatric intervention in the process, um, that was a big lesson for me in learning how to protect my magic. Like, mm-hmm. In terms of, okay, I'm like super magical, I'm psychic, but I wasn't, you know, that was my initiation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was an initiation, but at the time I didn't know how to create proper boundaries around it. So I was just saying things unfiltered and it was actually, um, I had two figures in my life at the time who were Capricorn, like old Capricorn people who both told me in different ways do like the question, do you know how to act normal? And I would say, yeah. They're like, can you do that? 
Do you know what you aren't allowed to say? Like what will make you appear crazy at this time in your life? Mm -hmm. And do you know not to say it? Mm -hmm. Do you know how to behave? Do you know how to conform? And then me just being like, yeah, I do. And they're like, great. Well, then you'll get out of this situation as soon as you know you can. But and that I thought was really interesting, kind of sage Capricorn advice where they weren't. Uh, they were just, it was like real talk. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> and that yeah. sense of like, um, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, it's hard. Like, I feel like my inner experience a lot of the times is that I'm just still running my mouth and saying things all the time. Cause I, I share so much, so much verbiage like mm. out on the internet, but I still think that there's like some boundary around it and like, mm care that at the first time that I had that experience, it was just flinging things out. And I think that being mindful of like how to be normal when you have to be normal, um, like when you have to be, and then, then you get to break the rules when you know, know them. I feel like that kind of concept with Capricorn. Yeah, I feel that. And, and the way I look at it too, is with Capricorn and moving to Aquarius, it's like, there's certain limitations that we can create for ourselves based off of external situations that can actually give us more space for freedom, you know? So the magic there in Capricorn is just like, my dad used to always say, just like, there's a time and place for everything. Right. And that's part of like being disciplined in the reality that we're in and learning how to master it. And does that mean like, don't be your unique self? No, I'm not promoting that. However, it's like, well, what are you looking to accomplish here? Because Saturn doesn't care about like, oh, I feel this way about it. So I'm just going to it's like, well, do you want to do this thing or do you not like do it this way? And then you can do your thing later. So like protecting the magic there and Capricorn is just sometimes. Yeah. Putting in like a lid on it or, or or restricting to be able to be more expansive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting a lot of flashbacks because of my. My institutionalization, not that I was like actually in a a ward or anything, but just like having that experience where it's like, this is too wild. Like, let's put some boundary around it. Yeah, I got taken to a place too when I was younger. (laughs) (laughs) This is like what this podcast is about. (laughs) I was just like literally remembering though that like, like I was so... Like in a space where the first time I saw the psychiatrist that I was going to have to talk to, um, I made this like tea that was like Mm -hmm. to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And there was a sign on his door that said like no drinks allowed. And like I didn't care about the sign. And I was like, this is my important tea. Like, (laughs) like I felt like I needed it. But um, he was so disturbed that I had this glass, like this tea. Cause I was just kind of like, can I bring this in? You know, or like there was like a moment of like negotiation in the doorway about the tea. Mm-hmm. And it just like, once it was on the coffee table on this like paper towel that just looked so awkward, I realized that the tea's magical properties weren't protecting me in that scenario as mm-hmm. much as just following the, the rule on the door would have. Mm. And like, that was like a whole like mind bend. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's curious. Yeah. I can feel that. Like you're, or I can light it lit up. (laughs) That was interesting. (laughs) Yeah. 
So different, different containers, different rules and like knowing what yeah. they are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important when I think of like, just like good old astrological magic too. It's like, there are like certain limits that you want to put on things to be able to get the results that you want, because if you have understanding and mastery, then you know what to do with it. And Saturn appreciates and applauds that. And, and Capricorn goes by those rules in that way too. Um, yeah. So blasting uh, that away, <laughs> what about Aquarius? <sighs> Aquarius, I always think about, yeah, just being like, I know people talk about like, ouch, it hurt. Um, people talk about like EMF waves and stuff like that, but just really protecting your electromagnetic field and your nervous system because that's the way that information moves through you and around you. Um, so protecting the magic when it comes to being an Aquarius, uh, I think that's, yeah, I think that's really important. And also just Aquarius people, you like if when you have like that sort of genius quality to you, sometimes you'll get the mad scientist vibe where like you get like loads and tons of information and that can make you like feel zapped in some kind of way. And then like they burn out kind of or they get like dehydrated because there's like this lightning bolt that was just like standing over or like oh, hovering over them for like three days. And knowing if you know that happens, then you have to protect yourself by when the genius comes through, not either either going overboard or allowing yourself time and space to rest or doing practices um, that help you harness that capacity to go further. And yeah, just knowing how to manage that energy. Like I, I always say, like understanding an energetic force means that you know how to manage that energy when it gets in excess and deficiency, no matter what, no matter if it's in somebody's psychology, no matter if it's in a plant, no matter if it's in the expression and the external manifestation, it's like learn that. And then in that way, you'll know how to protect it. Hmm. Yeah. I think of like stations of consciousness with Aquarius, like radio stations and just becoming like even I think of like meditation, like sitting meditation where you empty your mind as like a very Aquarian thing. That sense of being like as objective or as removed or like, you know, removing the layers of different like ego characters and roles. But just like being able to create that inner silence, Mm. I think like that's that's like a, a baseline or a reset. Um, I don't really do a lot of sitting meditation. I like to lay down and visualize and like do maybe more like Shakti or kind of like yin version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's stillness or like laying down, but there's just a, a different energy that I pick up, but I have done sitting meditation too and feel that more electric, like, um, Shiva kind of energy from meditation. And I think that once you know how to observe the thoughts that go through your mind and not attach to them, there's a freedom that comes from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that then you get to play with different frequencies where you can like decide to tune into a particular frequency. And you can also notice when you know, you're tapped into a frequency that you don't want to be tapped into, like um, anxiety or fear or something like you can feel that, you know, knob going way up and the volume getting loud and you can take a moment to like clear that. And I think that capacity to witness and detach like can really help with 
yeah, with clearing and, and choosing what you want to be in interaction with. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, that bird's eye view is always super nice. And I also will say um, for people who attune to or tap into like, um, yeah, you can look at it from multiple perspectives, the individual unconsciousness or the Akasha. I'm pretty sure I've said this uh, before here, too, as well. But it's like uh, the way I'll just take you through like just a mini meditation real quick, actually. Okay. (laughs) So it's just like envision, like sitting still. And just envisioning the circle, like the, so we're going to envision the, the glyph of Uranus. So the circle of spirit and then the line going up from the circle of spirit. And then the two symbols of receptivity that point to either side. And knowing that the circle of spirit is like your energy, your let's say it's your body, but the energy that is in your body. And knowing that in some subtle way, you can like take the elevator up, which is like the circle of spirit and go up to a more nonlinear space and be able to read um, what some people call the individual Akasha, which is just like the mind stream is what uh, Mark Jones calls it, right? And like allowing yourself to like go up into that space and know that when things come through, that might seem erratic if it's coming from somewhere that is nonlinear. However, doesn't always have to necessarily be true you know i invite everybody to tap into the potentiality it's like can you go into a different space that is your mind stream and then yeah shift it right i've done this before i mean even when people do um inner child work sometimes i feel like that's what they're doing right they're like in that in their energy body they're like going up to their mind stream going in the future or in the past, it doesn't matter which one you want to do. But obviously here, when we're talking about inner child work, we're going to the past. And then we retrieve that thing. And then we get back in the elevator and then we come back and we just Mm. like feel integrated and feel whole and like just feeling into, can you tap into that? And, And what I even mean by tap into is just imagine what would that feel like? Just imagine it. Go on the elevator and see what you can find in your mind stream that you want that see what you can find in your mind stream that might have been a piece of yourself that you fragmented from long ago and bring that back. Because when you bring that back, you will be more in your authenticity and you will, yeah, just be more empowered in that way and feel, quote unquote, liberated or feel a sense of freedom from having more spaciousness and just like the wholeness that you are. Yeah. Mm. So I guess that wasn't a meditation. That was a rant. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to get into a meditation. Right, right. (laughs) Right, right. And then I went in another direction. (laughs) You are really good at leading meditations, though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Whatever direction, whatever's clever. I'm like, yeah, Uranus on the Ascendant. Like, oh, never mind. I'm going in this direction. Um, yeah, there was some similarities to that with Leo and their, um, you know, opposite signs, but that sense of like going into your inner child with Leo and then like the fragmentation, it's the inner child is kind of, yeah. So full of that, that wholeness or like, here I am. And then having situations of not being validated or being disappointed or having something traumatic happening and the parts of self that fracture off. And I think that people really, um, Uh, Like, I remember the first time a friend told me that you can go back and rewrite old memories um, for magical reasons. And I was shocked. It's like, that's a thing. Um, And I've been doing that so many times in the years since. um, And I can 
you know, I've shared that practice with other people Mm. and it's not about being delusional or like tricking yourself into thinking that something else happened. It's just like picking up that fragment and having an embodied visual visualization experience of that. Yeah. Um, And it's magic. Yeah. Um, So Pisces, Pisces is, is the magic. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I tune to tune into it. Pisces just being the magic that is all possibility, you know? Like that's even like sometimes it's like people don't like tune into that. Like it's like it is all possibilities. I was playing the pure imagination song. song. I listened to it at least five times yesterday. So this is this is Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka in like the sixties or something singing pure imagination in the candy factory. And he has Jupiter Uranus conjunct in Virgo. And it's yeah. Come with me. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That John is bumping. Yeah. And then he's like, and then he's like in this imaginal realm um, that he created and then he's like still noticing like the detail like the boy's hair that was like so cool yeah it was so you know I was looking up some um, like doing some research on planetary combinations and I was like I wonder if Gene Wilder has this thing that I'm looking for and he didn't but he has like the Jupiter Neptune in Virgo and I just felt like watching him go through that candy world was such a Virgo quality of that <laughs> yeah uh. and he even had like the tunnel where he like disillusioned everybody <laughs> <laughs> so he went full throttle. Like, yeah. And if people mess up, it's like incorrect. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to treat the magic. Boop. <laughs> yeah. You actually, escort it out. Yeah, exactly. Actually, like you want to learn how to protect the magic. Yeah. Willy Wonka. And Chocolate <laughs> <laughs> he literally was like, you didn't know how to treat this up. Oh, you, you got, you, you blew up into a big blue thing and then rolled you out and you're gone. Like you don't know how to treat the magic. <laughs> Okay, so Pisces. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, this is. <laughs> I just feel like, so I have Mars and Pisces, and I feel like I can flex of just like literally like being magical all of the time. And I did <laughs> cultivate it. It's also natural, but I like found my way back to it. Mm-hmm. But one of the ways that I was thinking of protecting the magic before we had this call was thinking about like, um, dating life and like spending time with people where they I feel like I have I'm just gonna say it I feel like I have an enchanting quality like that's kind of my vibe is like enchantment and I live in that space so it's something that I have with me and if someone is enchanted by me and I can feel that like they're interested they're you know they're sending me the vibe like they're clearly interested but they want to argue with me about the existence of magic. I'm like, no, like this cannot happen in my realm. Like if you don't believe in this thing that I'm literally deeply allied with, Mm. then you don't see me. And I'm not going to play this like enchanting kind of like dream girl in your life. If you don't honor it outside of me, like there's just no way. And so I was thinking about that and feeling all kind of puffed up. And I was like, damn, my Mars and Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I love it. And I love, yeah, like watching the process because it's been super dope and I've learned so much from it. Um, one thing I think about with the Pisces energy and protecting the magic is just like, yeah, knowing that 
if you have a lot of Pisces placements um, or if you just have it highlighted in your reality of like the, the experience of your energy being in the imaginal realm and knowing how to reel that in on some level and not reel it in as like not be imaginal, but just like be able to access where your energy's at in the imaginal realm, like knowing where it's at and staying attuned to that. Just, yeah, it helps so much in being able to bring it back when it's time to come back, you know, just like allowing the imagination to be where it wants to be. And even sometimes for, for people who are like in a nine to five job, you know, Sometimes this is like literally giving yourself the space and the time to just be imaginal and also imagining how you would want things to be. And then literally just trying to like as if you're just like grasping those things from the imaginal realm and just bring them down and just bringing them down. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I really I love visualization for this. And like I think of. um, Yeah, like having fantasy. And I think that fantasy is something um, that people have a variety of relationships to and it can seem like escapism or something. But I think like actually honoring fantasy and like something that I really like to do too, like um, I've been doing like visualization for a really long time. But when I first started, I noticed that my mind would stray. And so it was hard to stay intentional about what I was visualizing. So I would actually say things out loud to keep my visualization on track. So like even like protecting the thing, because I mean, I would have intrusive thoughts where it's like, I'm just trying to create like a magical dream world. And this like other stuff is coming up that Mm -hmm. I don't want here. Um, And I think that that's kind of like similar to the like Sagittarian, like being positive and people, but being like, why are you so positive? It's like, if you actually let yourself dream, there's going to be other parts of your psyche that may want to compensate by like balancing that fantasy with something that could go terribly wrong or your Mm -hmm. fear or something like Mm -hmm. that. So actually just protecting your visualization space by developing the muscle of focus around it. And if you need to saying you're, your visualizations out loud until that becomes really a clear channel. Nice. Oh, there is another thing for, for Pisces of receiving reflection. Mm -hmm. And I think that Pisces is one of the signs that's like, no one sees me. And I certainly have had that. Whoa. Um, at certain times. And if you, are so connected to something subtle and that is imperceptible to people that aren't interested in the subtle field um, for whatever reason, then I think that it's an act of protecting your own magic to actually get reflections from readers and astrologers and whoever. Um, Mm. And yeah, I mean, I've gotten a lot of readings and they like really boost me and like, help me because it's like getting a reflection that's that's magical in nature yeah yeah totally yeah yeah so something about pisces that i think about often when it comes to protecting magic as well is the fact that if you have a fantasy or if you have some type of ideal then oftentimes it's like important to be mindful of if you're trying to put like a time limit on it right because sometimes it takes time If you're seeking an ideal, especially if the energy of Pisces can be diffusive, 
then sometimes it takes time for the like I just think of it as like water vapors coming up from like a lake or a river or the ocean. And it takes a while for them to evaporate and then go up into the clouds and then rain back down. Right. It's like it takes time. And yeah, so just like not letting time constrain you or or make you feel like you're not going to get the thing that you want, because if you do have an ideal, then, yeah, it's it's like you don't want to put a time limit on what your dreams are like. It's not helpful, especially because a lot of times we're using the context of when I'm 21, I should get out of college or when I'm 20. I mean, that's not the case anymore, but it's like, that's how it was when I was growing up. Like when I'm 21, I go to college and then by 28, I should have this. And when I'm, when I'm 32, I'll be a millionaire. And it's like, well, if you want to be a millionaire, it's like when you put that limit on your ideal or your fantasy, then yeah, it could just be a hindrance. And also, you know, you don't want to be delusional about it for sure. But yeah, just being mindful not to put a time limit on your dreams especially if you are tuning in and you feel it, you know, it's important. Yeah. Uh, Another revelation. And that one's a synchronicity for me to hear that too. Um, So I'm really taking that in and appreciating that. Um, So any thoughts in closing about protecting magic um, for our listeners? Yeah, just take everything that was said and like attune to it in your own way and and find what magic feels like and is for you and your reality and all around you. And what magic do you have around you today? What magic did you have around you when you were growing up? Did you protect it? Did you know how to protect it? Do you know how to protect the magic that you want to create moving forward? And just like tapping in to yourself and your understanding of that and cultivating that. Because that will not only protect your magic, but it'll protect the magic of everyone else. Because when you can identify magic more and more, then, yeah, you can just support the cause of, like, protecting magic. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, tune in. Yeah, I think there's um, there's kind of, like, mythology around, like, if people don't believe in fairies, like, what happens to the fairies, you know? And, Mm. like, when people don't believe in magic, it doesn't really support the magic mm-hmm. right and so i think being like if magic is something that you feel connected to and some people are spooked out by magic like some people don't don't like the idea of it they want to live in a more like ordered linear kind of universe so it doesn't even need to be for everyone like if if it spooks you out you know i don't think you would have gotten this far listening to it but also just knowing that for other people like um For me, when a synchronicity happens, I feel lit up and I feel like I'm on the right path. But I remember um, talking with someone like this distinct moment where something really synchronistic happened and she she jumped and she was like, that's kind of scary. I was like, oh, okay." like I guess synchronicity means different things to us, you know. So if magic is something that you care about know that not everyone in your world also cares about it. So you might think something super magical and someone might not validate that. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to protect the magic, part of it is like, you know, believing, like believe in it and have that, you know, and surround yourself with people um, who are on that path. I think that, uh, that spirituality and mysticism and like astrology and all these things are becoming more popular 
And if you're serious about it, and if it's something that really matters to you, like make sure that you have peers and people you can talk to, even if they're not people that you get to see in person, like you have friends um, on the internet or something like that, like that you, you know, have people that you can talk to about your experiences. Maybe you have elders that you can, you know, go to for guidance or teachers that you can go to for guidance when you're having a struggle along the path that no one understands because it's too magical and too out of this world. Mm-hmm. Right. Like th- there is someone um, or there's people out there. So, yeah. And I will say in closing too, as well, just like knowing the magic of, plants and crystals and you know like what actually like even minerals like minerals like this people sleep on minerals minerals are so (laughs) minerals are so magical like it's like you literally can put a squirt of magnesium in a cup of water and you 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 feel calmer (laughs) like that's magic because you know there's there is magic that is like more subtle and then there is magic that is just understanding Right. An unseen force or uh, something that's hidden to someone else. If you know what you're doing and it's like and I'm not saying it's not magic, but I'm like, how much magic is it? Right. Like, I know the card trick. The card trick is understanding. You can't see it, but that's the magic of it. Right. The understanding. So it's another take on it. Um, But yeah, that's yeah. Hmm. So um, how can people find you and connect with you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at CA Dream Six. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CA Dream Seven, and you'll find my email address at both of those places. And then also, before January hits, I will have my website up, which is cadreamplanet.com. So that's finally happening. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah, and you've got some talks on the EA Zoom meetings channel too. Oh yeah, I have talks on EA Zoom channels, and also I have a lot of content on Yoga Journal now too. So if you go on Yoga Journal's website, you can see articles that I've written, and I think I even have like some like video commercials on there too. If you want to see me do promo stuff, <laughs> so yeah, you can find me on Yoga Journal uh, dot com and just type in Cameron Allen Yoga Journal, and you'll that that'll pop up. Thanks for joining me to talk about magic. Yeah, always. Thank you for listening. So I would love to know how you protect the magic in your life. Please let us know and tag us on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch. And you can post wherever you see this episode promoted. And if you have something to say about this podcast, if you've been listening for a little while, I would love to read your review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. If you take a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email it to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I'll send you a resource library, which is about creating and elevating your reality comprised of several videos. If this is a time in your life where you're ready to take your astrological education or astrological practice to the next level, do check out those courses I'm offering, both the Introduction to Evolutionary Astrology, the Intensive to Get a Foundation, and Meteorite if you've already studied with me and want to continue. And I hope that you have a week that is full of magic and you have ways of protecting and honoring this magic moving forward. Mm